You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Last week, we shared a message. You're more special than what you realize. And we looked at some scriptures to remind us that we are made in God's image and likeness. Psalm 139, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That when you were yet unformed in your mother's womb, God had recorded the good things that he has planned for you. Things to walk in. Amen? Isaiah 43, that says, Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. That you are precious in the sight of God. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and just remind them. Say to them, you're precious. We said that God wants to help us to fulfill our destiny, to fulfill our purpose. That's why Christ came to show a more excellent way so that we can move from where we are to where God wants us to be. Ephesians 2 verse 10, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. And it's good to know what God is going to do. It's good to have an expectation of what we want God to do in us and through us and with us. But it's also important to know what is your part that you have to do. So I want to share a message today preparing for your good tomorrow. Preparing for your good tomorrow. Are you ready for a good tomorrow? Do you still believe Jeremiah 29, 11 is true, that I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope? Ephesians, it says that God wants to help us to fulfill that good destiny, that good purpose. So what is my part? What is my part? What do I have to do to make sure that I'm going to walk in that good destiny that God has planned for me? Amen? I just want to start by saying, when God has planned a good future for you, that doesn't mean you won't face challenges, amen? Moving into the promised land, the promised land is full of giants. The promised land is full of high walls. Am I talking to the right people here? But when God goes with you, moves with you, he'll give you the victory every single time. Amen. This gospel challenges us. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts in between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, to discern the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. So sometimes this word will cut you, but it will never destroy you. It's very important to know that, that Jesus is the gift with a lift. The word will correct you, but never break you down. Can I have an Amen. Because sometimes the word can be used to harm people and hurt people. This is not a weapon to destroy you. It's a gift that God has given us to lift us up, to bring correction, to bring reproof. But Jesus is the gift with a lift. Can I have one amen? amen. Sometimes we think God is this angry God. God is not an angry God. Amen? God is not an angry God. He poured out all his wrath and anger when Jesus became sin. 
Galatians 3 verse 13 says he absorbed the curse. So God is here to help us. So if you want to fulfill your good purpose, the preparation that's going to be required is to focus upon your character. Turn to the person next to you, say, focus upon your character. And that's the most important thing. When, when we just focus upon the gift and not character, it's very, very dangerous. When your gift exceeds your character, you're an accident waiting to happen. It's like firing a cannon from a canoe. You can have the biggest gift, but if your character has not been established, even if you start firing and that gift is being used, it can flip. So we have to focus more on character than gift. A matter of fact, the way that it should function is that your gift should function and work out of your character. That's why in Household of Christ, we've got a growth track where we focus more on the character than the gift. Because the gifts that God gives us, He will never take it away. Amen? But character, you're going to have to work on. The thing about character is character is not trained. Character is developed. That means usually you'll see somebody's character under pressure. Hey, no. Amen. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Galatians 4 verse 18, I'm, I'm reading from the, the Amplified, the AMPC. It is always a fine thing, of course, to be zealously sought after as you are, provided that it is for a good purpose and done by reason of purity of heart and life. And not just when I'm present with you, my little children, for whom I'm again suffering birth pangs until Christ completely and permanently formed, molded within you. This is the goal for Christ to be formed on the inside. So on our growth track, we say connect to a team. When you have to work with a team, it's all about character. All you people that are single, you think you've got character. Wait until you get married, then you'll find out if you've got character. You'll find out how selfish you've been, how self-centered you've been, how everything is about you. Who got married in the last year? They just like to wave at me. And who's been yes? Who's been married for longer than 20 years? Yes. It's character, I'm telling you. So we say connect to a team. Then we say discover the dream, discover your gift. That's in the middle. And then we say serve in a dream team. Character, gift, character. And you see the hamburger. Character on top, character at the bottom, gift in the middle. Because if the character is not on both sides, that gift can just go crazy. Amen. So the big question that you have to ask yourself, is your character ready to handle the blessing that God has predestined and planned for you in the future? Is your character ready to handle that? Because many times, people at a young age, we can just look at, look at Hollywood. Their gift brings great blessing into their lives, but their character is not ready for the blessing. Then the blessing destroys them because their character is not ready. And they cannot maintain that blessing. So nobody knows our hearts better than God. So ask yourself, is your character ready for the blessing that God has got for you? 
We are all weak when it comes to spiritual things. Listen to me. We are all weak when it comes to spiritual things. That's why full provision has been made for us in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul prayed and he said, I'm praying for you that Christ be formed on the inside of you. Christ be formed on the inside of you. Turn to the person next to you say, it's all about character. So we need to focus upon the character of God. Allowing the character of God to be formed and shaped on the inside of you. When we talk about character or Christ-like character, it is allowing this word of God to become the standard for your life. It's allowing and giving Jesus Christ the rightful place in your heart. Where God is taking you, what God wants to do in your life, it's not a matter of combining your strength with Christ's strength. It's not even just saying, well, God, you can rule in this part of my heart and allowing the devil in this part of your heart. But it's giving Jesus the rightful place in your heart. Remember, Christ Jesus is a jealous God. He wants everything. He wants your heart. So here's the key. Christ in us, we in Christ and the spirit of Christ that goes before us into our future. And relationship is key for us to walk with God. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, relationship is key. Often when people come to church for healing, for deliverance, for breakthrough, for whatever they are trusting God for, their heads will nod, yes, I want that. But is your heart nodding yes for a relationship with Jesus Christ? So people want the gifts, but do you want a relationship with the giver of the gifts? Because that's what you have to focus upon. If you only want the gift, you're not really ready to change. We have to say, Christ, come and take the rightful place in my heart. Jesus gave us this wonderful gift of freedom of choice. You're a free moral agent. You can make your own decisions. You can decide whether you want to serve God or not. Joshua told the Israelites, make a decision if you want to serve God or not. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. So if you want to serve God, it, it must be willingly. It must be your own choice. But can I just talk to Christians quickly for one minute? When you say, I'm making this the standard for my life, and you give Jesus the rightful place in your heart, and you say, Lord, your will be done, not my will, then it's not a choice anymore. It's a challenge in your relationship with God. I'm just going to let that one. Then it's, Lord, your will, not my will. Then it challenges the relationship. Who's Lord? How many people continue with God when their problems are solved? How many people continue with God when they've received their breakthrough? How many people continue with God when they've received their healing, their deliverance? So when we're talking about preparing a good tomorrow, it's all about character. Allowing the character of Christ, Jesus Christ, to come and take you to the rightful place in our hearts. Amen? 
the blessings that God wants to bring into our lives, sometimes I'm very concerned because will people continue with Christ? When people are looking for a blessing, often they think that's the end. They think the healing is the end. The deliverance is the end. The breakthrough is the end. But it's only a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at Luke 17 verse 17, 10 people are healed. Only one person came back and gave glory to God. Only one. Jesus said, you're the foreigner. You're from Samaria. Did I not touch 10 people and heal 10 people? Are you the only one that came back? Jesus said, you've received salvation and you've received healing. The one translation says, you've been made whole. And this is what we want. Healing is for the salvation of your soul. When God heals you, it's for the salvation of your soul. What does that mean? It means so that you can serve Him better. When God delivers you, it's to serve Him better. God does not heal us to become a better sinner. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? I know this is a bit more serious, but as we get ready for 2024, we have to look inwardly and make some decisions. Amen? If we want to move into that good tomorrow, what is it that I have to do today? You have to allow Christ to take the rightful place in your heart today. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready for 2024. Say higher, deeper, and wider. Say it one more time. Say higher, deeper, and wider. Are you ready for 2024? Let's prepare our hearts. Amen. Let's prepare our hearts for the good tomorrow. You prepare your heart for the good tomorrow, not tomorrow, today. Today. Today, you have to make that decision. You have to look at your motives. Why do I want to serve God? Why am I including God in my life? You know, sometimes we can pray selfish prayers. Am I talking to the right people here? You can be involved in serving God for selfish reasons, for your own gain. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that those that know their God, they will do great exploits. They will do great things for God. In our relationship with God, why is it that you want to do great things? Is it so that you can be great or is it to affect and change people's lives around you? Because the secret to miracles is all about Jesus, not about us. When we talk about the character of Christ that needs to be shaped and developed on the inside of us, we're talking about change, we're talking about discomfort. We're talking about God dealing with things in our lives that shouldn't be there. Let me give you a short testimony in my own personal life. I was in my 20s reading about the fire of God. Ever read about the fire of God? Ever prayed a prayer and say, Lord, let your fire fall upon me and consume everything which is not of you? Ever prayed a stupid prayer like that? Just wave at me. 
You know, when I prayed that prayer for the first time in humility and sincerity of heart, Lord, let your fire come and just burn out everything out of my character that's not of you. Do you know by the Friday I was rebuking the devil? I was rebuking the devil. I said, God. And the Lord said to me, why are you rebuking the devil? You then asked me to consume everything which is not of me. That which you're experiencing is not the devil. It's me removing everything that's not of me. Am I talking to the right people here? Our character to be ready. Are we ready to pray prayers to get ready for next year? Lord, cleanse me before you bless me so that my character can maintain the blessing when it comes. No, Lord, just give me the blessing. Just give me the blessing, Lord. Our actions, our actions, not here in church, at home, reveals our true character. What you do, what you say, integrity is what you do when nobody will find out what you're doing. That's integrity. So when God is busy with our character, dealing with the heart, the motives of our hearts, this message, I thought, yes, God, before we go into 2024, I want people to run with the blessings, the good things that you have predestined, higher, deeper, wider. But what is the thing that can keep us back? Our character. Have you allowed God to shape your character? To say, Lord, your will, not my will? And let God deal with that. You know what's the beautiful part? Christ, when he starts to dominate your heart, it's easy because his spirit will lead you and will guide you. Turn to the person next to you say, higher, deeper, and wider. So, if you want to experience the fullness of that, you're going to have to guard your thoughts. Guard your heart and guard your thoughts. As I'm preparing, I'm thinking, God, there's so many negative things going on. When you go onto the news and you look at the TV, and you, there's so many negative things going on. So when God wants to do something great in our lives, He wants to fulfill Jeremiah 29, 11. He wants to help us to see the fulfillment of Ephesians 2, 10 there'll be negative thoughts. And when you have negative thoughts, you're going to have to deal with those negative thoughts. Am I talking to the right people here today? Who's got negative thoughts about 2024? Oh, everybody's positive. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm probably the biggest optimist. But one thing that I've learned, there was a time in my, in my life where I didn't even call a problem a problem. I would call it a challenge. Because you just don't want to say a problem because they're negative words. But you know, then I realized when I read the Psalms, David called a problem a problem. And sometimes what you are facing is not a challenge, it's actually a problem. And you need a problem-solving God to fix that. David in Psalm <laughs> says, In the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion, in his secret place. 
In the time of trouble, I called upon the name of the Lord. So sometimes a trouble is a trouble. Amen? A giant is a giant and a high wall is a high wall. But you have to manage those negative thoughts. Turn to the person next to you and say, negative thoughts will come to everybody. Tell them again. Say, negative thoughts might come to you. So let me just help you, some of you, with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts, if you are battling with negative thoughts, anybody battling with negative thoughts, just raise your hand. Let me just help you here. Okay. So negative thoughts, number one, it was a process for you to get to that place where you're battling with the negative thoughts. So to get out of that is going to be a process. Can I have one amen? Because some of you sometimes want to come and you want us to wave the Jesus wand and your mind gets erased. doesn't work like that. Amen. If you're not a computer, you're a human being. Am I talking to the right people here? So as it was a process for you to think negative thoughts, let me share some secrets how to start to fight and battle negative thoughts. When a negative thought comes... You're going to have to resist it and replace it with the Word of God, number one. Number two, when you have a negative thought, it's just a thought. But when you start to say it, now you're giving birth to something through your words. Am I helping some of you here? So if you feel like, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. Don't start every time when you see people and say, we're never going to make it. We're never going to make it. Because the more you say it, the more you're enforcing it. And I almost want to say, for the period that you have been talking negative stuff, you're probably going to have to reprogram this with positive words for the same time. But God, through His grace, can do a miracle with you taking thoughts captive and bring it in line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I helping some of you here? My phone switched off, but I want to use it as an illustration. You cannot be looking at lustful things on your phone. These are the windows allowing lust in here and then come and say, uh, uh, Pastor, please pray for me for lustful thoughts. I have lustful thoughts. I'll pray for the lustful thoughts. We'll deal with the lustful thoughts. But you're going to have to close this door and not keep it open anymore. Because if you're keeping this door open, these thoughts are still going to torment you. Some of the best advice that I got in my 20s when I just started working, my, our general manager said, I want to challenge all of you to stop reading the newspaper every day from the front to the back. Because it's making some of you negative. The news that you have to hear, you'll hear. But some of you, in the morning, the first thing that you do is you jump on the news. What's happening? And you're getting all this negative download, and now you're battling with negative thoughts. And what you've read, you say, did you read, did you read about that? And now you start talking about it. And now you're thinking it, and now you start acting it. Am I helping some of you here? So the moment you stand in truth, 
the wrong has to leave. You, when you start to stand on the Bible, the lies have to go. When you stand for positivity, the negativity has to leave. It's a constant battle. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit, between humility and pride, evil deeds and good deeds. Just think, when somebody offended you, as a Christian, you got offended. Was it all positive thoughts that went through your mind? Oh, you, you hurt me. If somebody wronged you, took something from you. Was the immediate thought, I just want to bless you, my brother. Go thou in peace and have a great day. <laughs> Come on, church. We live in a real world. No, sometimes you want to grab that person by the throat and say, how dare you do that? And you want to quote all the good scriptures. I am the anointed one of the Lord. How dare you touch the anointed of the Lord? I'm going to touch you now. <laughs> you're going to have to work out everything which is not of God. And you're going to have to be careful what you say. Sometimes you're going to have to go to a brother and say, I'm just battling. These negative thoughts are really just killing me. Help me. Don't say kill you. It's gonna... But sometimes that's what you feel. Then you need to go to a confidant and say, just pray with me and help me. It's getting too much. Am I talking to the right people here? Don't go to somebody who's going to, you know, is going to tell everybody. Go to somebody that you trust and say, just help me. I'm really battling. Because there are certain burdens you can carry on your own, but there are certain burdens you cannot carry on your own. But certain things have become bigger and bigger and bigger because they've been growing because you've been speaking them the whole time and declaring them the whole time. When we open our eyes to the truth, falsehood will go. But then you have to hold on to it. I sometimes also have negative thoughts. Are you shocked? Anybody can have a negative thought. But I've trained my heart to replace it with the Word of God. Sometimes when I feel uncertain about something, I'll get two or three scriptures and just declare that the whole time. Because the Word of God is like a hammer that destroys a rock. It's like a fire that consumes things. Sometimes when you don't feel loved. Ever gone through a season like that? People love you and you suddenly feel, don't feel loved. Am I talking to the right people here? Because when you are discouraged, God cannot use you. Because how can you encourage other people when you are feeling discouraged? So that's why God will first come and encourage you, strengthen you so that you can go out and encourage others. Am I helping some people here? My mentor, one of the greatest things that he ever told me that was so liberating, positive man, man of faith, spoke the word of God when he told me one day, I battle with negative thoughts. He said, what? No, you never. He said, yes, I have negative thoughts as well, but I replace it with the word of God. And I want to tell you, you have to replace those negative thoughts 
Because this is one of the things, when we are thinking more negative things about the future than the good things that God has planned for us, we'll start to behave like that. We'll start to talk it, then we'll act it, then we'll do it. Can I give you some good advice? Whenever you are facing things like this, ask God for the grace to love Him more. To love Him more. Because the psalmist said, in the time of trouble, because He has set His love upon me, I will deliver Him. In loving God, there's deliverance. People will know that we are His disciples by the love that we have for one another. As a Christian, never stop seeking the kingdom of God. When you are seeking the kingdom of God, you are seeking His righteousness, and you'll see how things will start to fall in place. How much time have I got left? I've got so much things to say. Can I go on? Can I go on for a few minutes? Am I helping you? Turn to the person next to you and say, negative thoughts are not a sin. Negative thoughts are not a sin. Seeing negative things, not a sin. Seeing negative things, not a sin. Looking at negative things, that can become a sin. Young people, listen to me. Driving around and seeing a billboard covered with sin, covered with lust, seeing it, it's not a sin. It's when you look, there's the danger. Because now you're focusing those windows on that. Now the enemy can take advantage because he wants to link himself to you. He wants to get into your heart so that he can deceive you. Don't think you cannot be deceived. Eve, Adam and Eve, clothed with the glory of God in an environment without sin, was deceived. Just think about that for one minute. In an environment with no sin, no sin, the devil deceived her. So, here's the advice for a good tomorrow. Turn to the person next to you, say, plant the correct seeds. So ask yourself, what is the tomorrow that I desire the tomorrow that God has planned for me, and start to plant those kinds of seed. You need the help of God to be able to plant God kind of seeds. We often spoil our tomorrow by the seeds we plant today. One Aina. Don't have to say amen. We often spoil our tomorrow by the seeds that we plant today. So the devil wants to manipulate us wants you to start to think the wrong things. Eve was deceived when he made her doubt that she was made in the image of God. She was made in the image of God. And he said, you just have to eat of that tree and you'll be like God. You were made like God already. You were clothed with his glory already. So anybody can be deceived. That's why we need each other around to be my brother's keeper, to look out for you so that we can finish strong. Amen. Just go with me to one, 2 Corinthians 11 quickly. I'm going to close with this. 
Are you ready for 2024? Are you going to get rid of everything which is not of God and work it out of your life? Go look and see where maybe you've been deceived. There's only three areas where the devil can get you off track. Only three areas. He attacked Eve in that way. He tempted Jesus in that way. So guess what? He's coming for you in that way. And that's why you have to be ready. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So look at what the Bible says here. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds, the way that you think, the way that you look at things, your reasoning may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I love the gospel when it's simple. I love it. Show me, Jesus, how I can love my wife better. Show me how I can become a better husband, a better father. How I can care more for the community. Simplicity of the gospel. Christ came to make a way for sinners. To show a more excellent way. For if he comes, preaches another Jesus, whom we've not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you've not received, a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Well, I can preach a whole sermon from this. But here in this church, the devil was trying to deceive a congregation through a different Jesus, a different spirit, and a different gospel. Why? You have victory over the lust of the eye by looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. You have victory over the lust of the flesh by your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you have victory over the pride of life because true humility is a total dependence upon God in everything that we do. That's the gospel, depending upon God. Whenever a message is preached, the message and the messenger cannot bring you into bondage. The Bible says here that if you want to receive a different Jesus, a different Holy Spirit, a different gospel, he says, then put up with it. But the thing is, when you start putting up with that, go read verse 20, what it will do to you. They take control of your soul that you cannot make decisions anymore. This is very scary because this is happening in churches right now. This was happening in the church of Corinth. So I want to tell you, when you say, I love you, Father, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Holy Spirit, there's more power in that than what you realize. When you declare your love for God the Father, a total dependence upon Him, helps you to walk in humility and sincerity of heart. When you say, I love you, Jesus, and your focus is upon Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finish, the perfecter of our faith, it's helping us to move into our tomorrow. I love you, Holy Spirit, the one leading us and guiding us. I'm not going to say more about that. Go read verse 20. Take time and go read verse 20. 
But the church is here to set people free, not to put people in bondage, to liberate us. I'm going to close with this. The value of a living church is so important in finishing strong. In preparing for your good tomorrow, I want to tell you, you have to be linked up to a living church. I read something this week. Harvard University did a study on a church, on church, people attending church. Harvard. One of the first things, if you go to a church on a regular basis, your life expectancy increases between 20 to 30%. Just say amen. amen. So just by coming to church, you're going to live longer. They found that coming to church increased people's um, quality of life. They were more positive. Depression levels went down. A study that they did in 2018, it showed that, uh, especially women that were on drugs, 70% of them could go off drugs just by coming to church. Just coming to church. Give the Lord a hand. There's some people in the church here that were on drugs that we've walked a path with, that's been in the church for years. There's some people in this church where psychiatrists told them they'll never fit into society. I'm telling you now. If I had to tell you who those people are, you'd say, no, never, never. Because Christ has been formed on the inside of them that you cannot even see their past anymore. What you see is Jesus Christ in their lives. They discovered that by doing this, divorce rate went down if you're in a church. Not a country club, not a community group, church. And I'll tell you why. Because the church is the reservoir of God's power. When you get connected to a team, you discover the dream and your gift and you serve in the dream team. There's more benefits in that than what we realize. When the Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints, as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. He's saying, get linked up with that power. I've had some people tell me, say, I come to church. Sometimes I don't even hear your message. But afterwards, I feel fine. I just come and sit here in God's presence because I'm battling with depression. But when I sit here and God's presence is here, I feel the depression lifting. That's a living church. And that's Harvard University that did these studies. So I want to tell you, if you want to prepare for your good tomorrow, one of the first things is get connected to a living church. Amen? Amen. Number two, what you're going to have to do is plant some good seeds. Plant the seeds that you desire, the harvest that you desire, plant those seeds. Amen? The seeds that you are planting today is shaping your tomorrow. The faithfulness that you are planting today means faithfulness tomorrow. The disciples did today what they did not want to do, to have the results tomorrow which they desired. Even Jesus endured the cross, looking beyond the pain and the suffering to the glory, you and me. So in preparing for your good tomorrow, 
Allow Christ's character to be formed on the inside of you. Let it shape you on the inside. One of the best ways, get connected to a church. Just by being in a church, all those beautiful benefits has just become yours just because you're part of the body of Christ. God has planned good things for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 has not changed. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians 2, verse 10, he says the good things that he has predestined for you is going to help you to fulfill it. Have you allowed your character to be shaped that you are ready for the blessings that God has got for you? See you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.